Well, good evening. Welcome to Longville Baptist Church. We're going to start with number 137, Near the Cross. We'll sing the first, second, and last of Near the Cross. Near the me near the cross, there a precious fountain, free to all a healing stream, flows from Calvary's mountain. In the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever, till my raptured soul shall find rest beyond the river. Near the cross a trembling soul, love and mercy found me, there the bright and morning star sheds its beams around me. In the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever, till my raptured soul shall rest beyond the river and the last near the cross i'll watch and wait hoping trusting ever till i reach the golden strand just beyond the river in the cross in the cross be my glory ever till my raptured soul shall find rest beyond the river. Well, good evening. Welcome to the evening service at Long Hill Baptist Church in Trumbull, Connecticut. I'm glad you've been able to join us tonight. Uh, we're so thankful once again to have this technology. I appreciate uh, uh, our, our team, our small team, that's able to be here tonight. Zach leading the music and, and Rain sound booth tonight. It's, it's now an audio-visual AV booth, and I'm, I'm thankful for his uh, willingness to serve there. Uh, we're thankful that you're with us tonight. Uh, I think we had a good morning uh, in the Word of God at Sunday School Hour and the 11 o'clock hour. And just like to open in prayer uh, and ask God to work here tonight as he has uh, already today. Let's bow our heads. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for the cross. Lord, I thank you uh, at a time when uh, we're being encouraged and, and challenged to distance ourselves from one another. Uh, Lord, we do not have to distance ourselves from you. In fact, you call us ever nearer to our Savior and to the cross. And Lord, I thank you so much for that tonight. I thank you for being uh, there for us always. Lord, I thank you that you promised to never leave us nor forsake us. Now, Father, I thank you uh, for each one who is able to uh, tune in tonight to uh, watch this service. I pray, Lord, tonight that uh, you would work in a special way tonight. Uh, Lord, so many are hurting, so many are anxious. Uh, Father, we need to hear from you and your words tonight, and I pray that's exactly what you would accomplish. I pray that you would comfort your people through this message tonight. Lord, as we sing, I, I pray that people at home are, are singing out as much as able, and Lord, that uh, we would just please you with our singing tonight. 
Father, we love you. I pray that you would work here now. Uh, help us to sing out to you joyfully. Help us to sing of you. Father, I pray you'd work here tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take our hymnals as we turn to number 365. Number 365, we'll sing, Are You Washed in the Blood? Number 365. We'll sing the first, second, and last. <clears throat> Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in his grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you walking daily by the Savior's side? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Do you rest each moment in the crucified? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? And the last lay aside the garments that are stained with sin and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. There's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean. No, be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Amen. We're going to go right into our next song, number 360. <clears throat> number 360 will sing the first, the second, and the last of There is a Fountain. There is a fountain, number 360. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains, lose all their guilty stains, lose all their guilty stains. And sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. And there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away, wash all my sins away, wash all my sins away. And there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away, and the last when this or lisping, stammering tongue lies silent in the grave. Then in a nobler, sweeter song, I'll sing thy power to save. 
I'll sing thy power to save. I'll sing thy power to save. Then in a nobler, sweeter song, I'll sing thy power to save. All right, uh, I trust you sang well at home tonight. Let's go ahead and take our Bibles, please. It's Sunday night in the Psalms. Uh, Sunday night in the Psalms, so let's turn. We come tonight to Psalm 139, uh, the 139th Psalm tonight. And uh, we'll see here tonight, uh, wonderful attributes of the Lord. And boy, tonight is a night where we need to be encouraged about who God is uh, and what he's like. We'll see here his omniscience, uh, the fact that he knows everything. Uh, there's nothing happening in the world tonight that is unknown to God. There's nothing happening in the world tonight or uh, anywhere that is a surprise to God. Uh, we'll see his omnipotence, the fact that he is all-powerful. Uh, there's nothing that is out of God's sovereign control uh, here in the world tonight. God can end this pandemic when he sees fit to do that. So continue to pray for that, uh, knowing we have a, an omnipotent God who can end this crisis when he determines to do just that. Pray, pray. Uh, and we'll see also tonight that we have a God who is um, absolutely present everywhere all the time. Now, that might be convicting tonight, but I think it's also encouraging. We can't be together here in the church building tonight, but wherever you are tonight, the Lord is there with you. He's here with us tonight. Uh, he's there where you are, and boy, what a, what a wonderful encouragement. God is everywhere uh, throughout his creation. Of course, he's not the creation. That's false teaching that we've looked at uh, here in our church recently, but he is everywhere present, fully present in his creation. Uh, we have a wonderful God, a God who is that awesome, uh, a God who is that amazing tonight. Uh, let's go ahead and we'll, we'll read through the psalm tonight. Uh, I hope you have a Bible open uh, tonight. We use the King James Bible in our church uh, all the time. I encourage you to have one. Uh, but whatever you have, open that up tonight. I'll be reading in the King James tonight, Psalm 100. Uh, 39. The Bible says it's a psalm of David, uh, a David, a, uh, a young shepherd boy who came to be greatly used of the Lord. Uh, in fact, we had the privilege to be in the lineage uh, of Christ our Savior. We're here tonight, Psalm 139, verse 1. Uh, David is writing, uh, he's praying to the Lord. Uh, as he writes here, he says in verse 1, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and my uprising. He says, Thou understandest my thought afar off. David continues, he says, Lord, thou compass my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. He says in verse 4, For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. In verse 5, he continues, Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thy hand upon me. In verse 6, he says, Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? 
In verse 8, he continues, If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. He says, If I make my bed in hell, that's probably a reference to the grave here. He says, Behold, thou art there. In verse 9, he says, If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there, verse 10, shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. David continues in verse 11, and I hope you're encouraged by all this tonight. He says, if I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall light about me, yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. In verse 13, he says, for thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb, all the way back to when I was first conceived. Lord, you were there. He says, I will praise thee. That's his response. Lord, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. If you're home tonight, stop right there and say amen. Amen. Let's continue. He says, and that my soul knoweth right well. See verse 15 now. He says, my substance was not hid from thee, when I was made, when he was conceived in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. We'll talk about that. He says in verse 16, thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, not completely formed yet in the womb. And in thy book, all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. He says in verse 17, how precise, forgive me, how precious also are thy thoughts unto me. O God, how great is the sum of them. Wonderful encouragement. In verse 18, he continues, if I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. He says in verse 19, surely thou wilt slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, ye bloody men. Verse 20, he says, for they speak against thee wickedly, and thine enemies take thy name in vain. Verse 21, uh, David is concluding. He says here, do not I hate them. Do not I hate the sin of the wicked, Lord. He says, uh, do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee. And am not I grieved with those that rise up against thee? He says in verse 22, I hate them with perfect hatred. He, say, he hates the, the sin of the wicked perfectly. He says, I count them mine enemies. And then these wonderful two verses that close out the psalm, which is a prayer. He says, Lord, search me. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Uh, wonderful encouragement here tonight. Let's, let's pause and pray once again, and we'll dive right into this psalm and see uh, some specific things I, I believe God would have us to focus on tonight. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, giving this psalm, this prayer to David. Thank you, Lord, for having it to be penned down and scripturated, and thank you for preserving it unto this very day as you've promised. 
Lord, give us now a hunger and a thirst for these words, that you would feed us tonight uh, from your words. And Lord, build us up. Uh, encourage us tonight in these things. Uh, Lord, people are struggling, they're suffering, they're anxious, they're worried. Uh, Father, help us to bring each care and concern to you tonight and to be thankful that we can and to trust you for peace. And Lord, as we study just for a few minutes tonight your attributes, I pray that you would grow our confidence in you, that you would grow our faith in you. Uh, Lord, you are the omniscient one, the all-knowing one. Father, you are the omnipresent one, the one who is everywhere all the time, no matter what. Lord, you are the omnipotent one, the one who has absolute, total, unlimited power. Lord, you're a God who we can have faith in tonight. You're a God who we can have great confidence in tonight. Lord, I pray that you would help us in that regard tonight. Grow our faith, grow our confidence. Lord, help us to trust you in difficult days like these. Father, use me now. Help me, Lord. I most certainly need your help. Uh, let my thoughts be your thoughts. Let my words be your words. Uh, Father, control my tongue tonight. Let me not say a thing that you would not have me to say. Lord, I pray again for each one at home. Help them to receive your words now and to be encouraged by them. Lord, I pray this in Jesus' name, in my Savior's name, amen. Let's just jump right in here tonight. Uh, it's, it's wonderful how uh, the psalm is broken into these three sections. Pastors always want three points, right? Well, uh, that's because it's easy for us to kind of remember three things. And uh, the, the psalm is, is pretty nicely broken into three parts. The omniscience of God, uh, the omnipresence of God, the omnipotence of God. Let's just jump in. Number one tonight, first main point, uh, David understood uh, that the Lord is omniscient. He, he's all-knowing. Just, just get that down. Uh, he's all-knowing. Uh, David understood, and, and he prayed to the Lord uh, with the knowledge that God is the all-knowing one. He, he's the omniscient one. Uh, there in verse 1, uh, it says, to the chief musician, uh, Psalm of David. That's the title of the psalm. It's part of the inspired scripture. And David begins his prayer here. He says, O Lord, uh, O Lord, thou hast searched me and have known me. God, you've searched my heart. Uh, you alone know my heart perfectly. Uh, David had this wonderful knowledge and confidence, knowledge from God and confidence in God that God knew him like no one knew him. Uh, tonight, if you're lonely, uh, if you're out there and, uh, and, and you're, you're struggling with loneliness, uh, not able to be in church, not able to be with friends and, and family uh, the way that you would like, please remember tonight that the Lord is there. Uh, and not only is he there, he knows you like no friend knows you. He knows you like no family member knows you. He knows you like no one knows you. He knows us better than we know ourselves. Uh, I'm thankful for that tonight. The Lord is there, and he knows us personally, individually. That's a wonderfully personal part of this biblical principle of God's omniscience. Uh, we see in verse 2, he knows our actions. Uh, verse 2, uh, David prays to God. He says, Lord, thou knowest 
my downsitting uh, and my uprising. God, you know when I sit down, you know, you know when I stand up. God, you know, you know what I'm doing all the time. You're there with me. Uh, it's not just that I'm one of uh, billions of people that are living on the earth at this time, and you kind of keep watch on the world in a general sense. No, God, you know me individually, personally. You're, you're keeping a watch over me individually and personally, uh, at all times. And God's able to do that. Uh, he's able to have perfect knowledge of what everyone is doing simultaneously uh, because he's God. No one else could know all of that all of the time. It's God. He knows our actions. He knows our thoughts. Now, <laughs> that, might be, uh, that might be convicting tonight. The second part of verse 2, David prays to the Lord. He says, thou understandest my thought afar off. Um, the fact that God knows all of our thoughts is surely convicting tonight. Bear that in mind. Uh, when, when there's a wicked thought, be quick to confess that. Uh, don't dwell on it. You always have a choice. When, it, when a sinful thought comes, you can dwell on it and try to derive some pleasure from it. Or you can grab a hold of it and, and put it out where it belongs and say, Lord, forgive me uh, for that thought. Help me to put that out of mind uh, and to train my thought back onto righteous things. I want you to see, though, um, uh, the, the word uh, here in this phrase, thou understandest. Uh, here David is, is, is for sure observing and, and praying to God, Lord, you know all my thoughts, but don't miss that he, what he literally says is, Lord, you understand my thoughts. Uh, it's, a, it's a difficult thing. Sometimes we feel like nobody understands us. Brother Ray, we feel sometimes like no one understands what I'm going through. Uh, nobody else could possibly know and understand what I'm experiencing because you just haven't been there. You, 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 maybe I could explain it to you, but you can't really know. You can't really understand. You, you, maybe you can sympathize, but you can't empathize. Be encouraged tonight, no matter what, that God understands. He not only knows our thoughts, but he understands us like no one can, like no one else does. I don't know about you tonight, but I'm encouraged by that. I'm encouraged that we have a God who, who is actively present wherever we are, who is actively knowing everything about us, who is actively knowing our thoughts and who understands us when we feel like no one else could possibly understand us. The Bible says in Psalm 94, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of man. Uh, he, he knows our thoughts and he understands us. Please grab a hold of that tonight and be encouraged by that. When, when you feel like no one else understands you, uh, God does. Now let's move on to verse three. And, and boy, here's, here's a convicting truth. I wanna encourage you tonight, but some of the things that we'll see here might be convicting. and. Uh, they, they might prompt you that there's something that needs to be confessed. Don't fight that if the Holy Spirit prompts you uh, to confess some sinful thought or some sinful thing. Just get it right with God. Just confess it. Lord, I agree with you. Uh, give that over to God. Uh, agree. Uh, confess. Ask the Lord for grace, for strength, uh, to turn away from it, to put off sin, to put on obedience in God's strength, not your own. And, and, and know that at that point, uh, your, your, your walk, your relationship with the Lord is right. Here's the convicting truth. God knows everything that we do. It's not just that he knows in a general sense. It's not just that he has a, an idea of our thoughts. He knows everything that we do. See verse 3. He says, thou compassest my path 
and my lying down and art acquainted with, don't miss the next verse, please. See it, circle it. All, all, all my ways. God knows all of our ways. There's no part of our life that escapes him. We can't, we, we, we can't go running off in a corner, a dark corner. We'll see that in a moment and think God doesn't, God doesn't uh, know what I'm doing here. Uh, certainly I'm hidden from everybody else. I'm hidden away from the Lord too. No, there's no possibility of that. But in that truth tonight, we also find comfort that no matter where we are, the Lord is there. He knows all of our ways. He's available to help us no matter what sin we fall into, no matter what emotional turmoil we may find ourselves in, no matter what kind of health crisis we may find ourselves in. God knows it all. He's there and he knows it all. See verse 4, he knows our words. He knows all of our words. Uh, Verse 4 says this, for there is not a word. Remember, David is praying to God. Uh, You could pray this along too. He says, for there is not a word in my mouth, forgive me, in my tongue. Lord, there's not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it. There's his omniscience, his all-knowing, altogether, uh, altogether. He knows all of our words. Now, there again, that could either be comforting or convicting. Uh, He hears all of our prayers. That's good. Uh, He hears when we are lovingly encouraging each other. He hears when we are lovingly correcting each other in love. Uh, But he also hears when we're being verbally bad to each other. Uh, He hears, going back to the morning's message, he he hears when we're boasting sinfully. He hears when we're uh, saying things uh, behind someone's back, when we're gossiping. He hears that. Uh, He hears... When we're being angry and allowing our tongue to be overtaken with prideful anger rather than yielding our tongue to the Spirit of God. I would urge tonight, I would offer tonight, uh, that given this, we would do well to pray as Solomon did in Psalm 19 and verse 14. Uh, Solomon prayed this. He said, let, forgive, uh, let, yes, Psalm 19, 14, the psalmist says, forgive me, the psalmist says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Lord, you're my strength. You're my redeemer. Uh, I need your strength uh, so that my words, all of the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight. God, help me. God, you, help me to yield my tongue to you. God, in your power, you, your strength, you take control of my heart. Uh, and you'll stop and think about that for a second. If, if you give God, if you yield control of your heart to God, what comes out of your mouth is more likely to reflect that. We'll see later on. David, David prays, Lord, search me, know, know me, try me, uh, know my heart, correct me at the root, <laughs> at the root of my being, uh, control me at the root of my being. Uh, Lord, if, if, I, if I'll give control of my heart to you, uh, my words will more likely be pleasing to you. My actions will more likely be pleasing to you. David understood this. Uh, David understood this. God knows our words. Lord, help us to be mindful of that. Uh, Lord, you hear us, whether we're being encouraging and righteous and holy and just, or whether we're being prideful and boasting, uh, braggadocious, talking about people, but whatever it is, 
God, you help us to control our hearts and our tongues as we yield control of both to you. So David is, he's encouraged that the Lord is omniscient. God knows everything. God knows what is going on in the world tonight. God knows what it'll take to give us a vaccine. Uh, God knows what it'll take to give us treatments uh, for COVID-19. God knows what trials we're going to face as individuals, as a church, as a state, as a nation. God, God knows all of these things. None of this is going to come as a surprise to him. Please keep that in mind and, and draw comfort from that. Now, secondly, tonight, David sees, he understands uh, and prays his understanding that the Lord is omnip. Let me try it again. Too many omnis. Uh, just the second one here tonight. The Lord is omnipresent. He's omnipresent. He is everywhere present. Uh, that is a, a wonderful, it could be a convicting truth, but it is a wonderfully amazing truth that our God, uh, the Lord, is fully present everywhere at every point in his creation. At all times, the Lord is fully present. Uh, I've, I've taught our church before. It's, it's not that he is spread out evenly across his creation. That's, that's not God's presence. He is fully present at every point in his creation uh, at all times. And that includes where you are tonight. God is there. He is present. Uh, he's there able to comfort you. He's there able to encourage you. He is there able to protect you. He is there to impart his grace to you as he wishes, as he chooses, uh, as he sees fit. He's present everywhere. Therefore, he can protect his people in every place as he chooses to. See that in verse 5. We're not just making that up, of course. Uh, Verse 5, David prays, Thou hast beset me behind uh, and before. Uh, he says, uh, God, you, you've gone before me and protect me there, and, and you're, you're behind me protecting me there. Uh, you're, you're the rear guard, you're the front guard. God can be everywhere all the time. Uh, he, he, he knows what's coming. Uh, he knows what protection is needed. He is able, uh, he is able because of that to accomplish the protection that he needs. Lord, thou beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Uh, isn't it a wonderful truth that the hand of God uh, is, is always upon our lives? Uh, sometimes it's bringing blessings. Uh, sometimes it's bringing loving chastisement, uh, loving correction. Sometimes it's both. Uh, no doubt, at times, it's both. Uh, so David, he's considering all of this. He's considering the wonderful uh, omniscience of God. He's considering the wonderful omnipresence uh, of God. And uh, what's the, it, it affects him. He, he exclaims in verse 6, he says, Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. He, he just shouts out. He's, he exclaims to the Lord, uh, I can't even begin to hardly comprehend this, God. Uh, your knowledge, your presence, knowledge of the nature of your presence, it's too wonderful even for me to comprehend fully, it is high, 
I cannot attain unto it. Well, that's a truth. David's express, expressing a truth there. It's also a very humble statement. Uh, God is great, and uh, we are to be humbled under him. He is the creator of all things. We are the, among the created things. Uh, God, is, uh, God is unlimited. We are quite limited, and we understand that tonight. Uh, in all of this, David is... Uh, praying and, and and God lays upon him just this wonderful sense of the of the wonder of it all. God is not just a God of some dusty old book on a shelf. God is a real, true, living God who is at work in the lives of his people. That's a wonderful thing. And that's what David says. The knowledge of this is just too wonderful. Uh, he can't hardly comprehend it. By the way, that's okay. If you can't understand how all of God could be present at every point in God's creation, uh, at every point in time, that's okay. Uh, we can't quite comprehend that. We should just uh, glory in God at that. We should, uh, we should praise him for being just beyond uh, our comprehension. That's the God who we have. Uh, he, is, he is wonderful beyond our comprehension. Take uh, encouragement from that tonight. Well, look at verse 7. Uh, still pondering God's uh, omnipresence, David asks if there's anywhere that he could flee to uh, where he wouldn't find God. Verse 7 says, Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? Uh, he reminds himself in verse 8, Lord is present uh, everywhere uh, in heaven and in hell. I think, again, hell here is a reference to the grave. Uh, the, word, the word can refer either to the grave or to uh, the literal hell. And, of course, the Bible uh, teaches a literal hell, uh, a place where those who reject salvation that is offered by Christ, when we come to him uh, confessing sin and placing our faith in Christ, for forgiveness of sin. Our sins are forgiven, uh, and although we might uh, spend, our, our bodies might spend some time in the grave, uh, to be absent from the body at death is to be present with the Lord. We don't need to worry about a literal hell. In any event, I think here uh, David's referring to the grave. He says, if I ascend to heaven, Lord, you're there. If I, if I make my bed in hell or, or the grave, behold, thou art there. God, you're everywhere. He, he says in, in, in verse 9, Lord is present in the sea. He says, uh, poetically, if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, God, you're there. You're everywhere. In verse 10, he concludes that no matter where he is, no matter where David is, he can find the Lord's help. He can find God's guidance. He can find God's protection because God knows every situation and God is everywhere. Verse 10, he says, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. Uh, that's wonderfully comforting tonight. It is to me, and I hope it is to you. Now, here's an implication. In verse 11, he says, um, essentially what we'll see here in verse 11 and 12, there's nowhere. We've been, we've been comforted and encouraged, but, but here's, a, here's a convicting thought. We've touched on this already, but the idea of, of verses 11 and 12 is there's nowhere where disobedience can be hidden from the Lord. We've touched on this already. Uh, God sees our disobedience even in the dark of night. We try, to, we try to, hunder, to hide our wickedness, our disobedience under the cover of night, but God sees. 
uh, he sees. Verse 11, the psalmist says, If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me. Uh, If I go out to do some wicked thing under the cover of night, thinking that uh, the cover of night will will make my wickedness, uh, it'll protect me from being found out, that's not the case. He says, if I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. God knows everything. He's able to shine a light everywhere and to see everything. In verse 12, he says, yea, the darkness hideth not from thee. Lord, darkness hides nothing from you, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. Uh, Zach, I think that just makes sense. God is the creator of both. God, God is the creator of all things, darkness and light included. There is nothing that can be hidden from God. Uh, remember that. Remember that, please. You cannot hide from the Lord. That could be comforting, or but... You, cannot, you, you can't get to a place where he's not there for you. That's encouraging. But neither can you hide from him in a sinful time. That should be convicting. And, and that should cause us to take care with each step. Uh, Lord, help me to walk in righteousness. Help me not to take steps away from you, especially in a time like this. Lord, help me to take steps closer and closer to you. Someone said there's, there's no social distancing when it comes to the Lord. Well, praise God. Amen to that. Lord, help me to draw close to you and, and, and not allow myself to get to a place where I want to hide from you because there's some sin in my life. Of course, that's what Jonah did. Uh, Lord called Jonah to go and serve in a, in a certain direction, a certain place, and Uh, Jonah, not desiring to obey the Lord, fled off in a different direction. Uh, The Bible says in Jonah 1.3 twice that uh, Jonah fled from the presence of the Lord. Well, maybe he tried to do that. He couldn't literally do that. But uh, that verse records the human temptation to try to flee away from the presence of God. You can't do it. Don't try it. You can't do it. Everywhere you flee to, there is God. Everywhere we go, God is there. That can be comforting or that could be convicting. If it's convicting tonight, confess whatever sin is leading to that temptation. Uh, God, search our hearts. Uh, God, show us. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Uh, Jeremiah 23, uh, Jeremiah writes, Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, saith the Lord? Do I fill heaven and earth, saith the Lord? Of course he does. Uh, He is everywhere. Uh, Lord, thank you. So we've seen God's omniscience. He's all-knowing. We've seen his omnipresence. He's everywhere all the time. Uh, And now this final observation, and please uh, don't doze off now. Uh, don't, Don't click off somewhere else. Please don't miss this final point. It's just as important, maybe even more important than the things that we've seen up to this point. Uh, David understood, number three tonight, that the Lord is omnipotent. He's omnipotent. He is all-powerful. He's Yes, he's all-knowing, and yes, he's everywhere. That has great value, but without being a God who could do all things uh, based on what he knows and where he is, the first two things would be of limited value. Our God is not of limited value. He's of immeasurable value. Uh, he has absolutely unlimited 
power to do that which he chooses to do. Boy, take great comfort in that truth tonight. Please take great comfort. God, help us. Lord, please help us to take comfort in the fact that uh, you're in perfect control and you can do anything at all that you may choose to do tonight. Now, David illustrates this, this truth. God's, he draws in uh, sort of his, his knowledge and his power together in a single illustration. Uh, David uses the illustration of when he was conceived in his mother's womb. The Lord knew David at that point. Uh, God was present in um, that process. Uh, it's a process that God designed, of course, and, uh, and God is the one who gives life, so God was present in that sense, um, and, and God had the power to do all of that. David uses this uh, illustration, this reflection on the process of conception uh, to illustrate these points. Look at verse 13, please. He says, uh, he's still praying. He says, Lord, for thou has possessed my reins. That's his inner physical being. He says, thou has covered me. That word covered has the idea of fencing in for protection. Uh, just like you might, you might fence in uh, uh, someone or something for protection. Uh, he says, Lord, you, you, you've known me uh, and possessed me and protected me uh, in or from my mother's womb all the way back to that point where I was conceived and began to grow uh, from a tiny little uh, two... Uh, cell uh, thing. By the way, that thing is a person, a human being from the moment of conception forward. And boy, if there's a passage that brings out that truth, uh, we see that here tonight. Uh, human life is precious. Uh, God is present in this process. Uh, human life begins at the point of conception, uh, and human life should be treasured uh, from that point in development all the way through uh, the death of someone and their home going to heaven. But let's see, let's see here. Uh, so David's reflecting on the fact that, that God uh, works in this wonderful process, his omnipotence. Now see his response again in verse 14, and then we'll, we'll see him reflecting more on the process again. Verse 14, he says, I will praise thee. Uh, God, you, you, you possessed me, you protected me all the way back to the womb from the earliest moments of my beginning as a human being. You were there, you were working, you knew me, you, uh, you, you protected me. Uh, God, I'll praise you for that. You can stop and praise God for that tonight. God knew you from that point forward. Of course, he knew you before that as well. Uh, but this is the point that David focuses on. God knew him there and protected him there and was of a heart and a mind to praise God for that. He says, for I am, verse 14, for I am wonder fearfully, uh, jumping ahead here, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. He says, God, marvelous are thy works. Uh, including the work of, of conception and, and, and growing a human being from the point of conception uh, to the time of birth uh, and beyond. Just stop and consider that process for a moment. It is a remarkable, miraculous, miraculous, wonderful thing. Uh, it could not, it certainly could not have happened uh, through an evolutionary process. If that process was not fully protected, 
uh, perfected uh, at any point, it would not work. But, but God defined that process and perfected it from the get-go. Uh, and, and it's a miraculous, wonderful thing. Uh, David said, Lord, I'll praise you for that. Uh, uh, your works are marvelous. He praises God that my soul knoweth right well. Continue with me in verse 15. David says, my substance was not hid from thee. God, you knew me in the womb. He says, when I was made in secret, okay, uh, and curiously wrought or curiously made uh, in the lowest parts of the earth. Now, I don't want to dwell on that uh, lowest parts of the earth uh, phrase. Uh, the word, the underlying word literally means earth, but I think David's taking some liberty here and being somewhat poetic and, and trying to be polite. I think this is a very polite reference to the anatomy uh, that is involved in the process of, of conception. Uh, in that, it's simply that. Uh, he's reflecting on the process and the wonder of it all. Uh, my substance was not hid from me. God uh, was working in and through that process to give life to David. Of course, God has done the same thing for us. This is a wonderful illustration of his absolute unlimited power. A God who could define that process. A God that could bring two cells together uh, and grow uh, two cells into uh, a perfect, mature human being. Uh, um, perfect in the sense of mature human being is a God who clearly, demonstrably has power uh, that is unlimited. See verse 16, he says, Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. Um, the, the word there, unperfect, literally refers to an embryo. Uh, that's a human being at the earliest stage of development. And in thy book, all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. God, you knew me before my members, my parts, my body parts were uh, developed and fully matured, uh, perfected. Jeremiah said something like this. You probably remember that. Uh, back in Jeremiah 1 and verse 5. Jeremiah said, uh, speaking uh, of, the, of the Lord, God's words, he said, before I formed thee in the belly, God says, Jeremiah records, Jeremiah, uh, God says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. God knew Jeremiah even before Jeremiah was formed in his mother's womb. God knew of him. God had a plan for his life. No doubt the same is true for us also. Before we were formed in our mother's womb, God knew us and had a plan for our lives. That's a powerful God. That's a, that's a God who's beyond our comprehension. Uh, we can be encouraged by that. Again, tonight, I would, I would encourage us to be reminded in all of this that life is sacred. It is to be treasured from the point of conception forward. Uh, the implications of that are, are tremendously important uh, for our world today. Life is valuable and to be treasured and guarded from the point of conception forward. God is present in that process. God knows us before we're born. He's at work in our lives even before we're born. This is a wonderful truth. And again, let's not lose sight of David's purpose 
in sharing this and in, in, in thinking and praying through this illustration, he's illustrating God's power. And what a wonderful illustration of God's power it is. Well, David, uh, having reflected on this, he, uh, he breaks into praise again. See verses 17 and 18. He says, how precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. Uh, if I should count them, uh, they are more in number than the sand. Uh, he says in verse 18, when I awake, uh, I am still with thee. By the way, I think that probably refers to when he's uh, dead uh, and home with the Lord, when he's passed away at home. So he's, he's, he's drawn the, the line here from the time of his conception, uh, the point, uh, the moment that he came into existence, uh, all the way across his lifespan uh, to the point at which he died. God is present there, and God is, has, has knowledge of everything in that lifespan, uh, and God is powerfully working. He's acknowledging that. He's praising God and worshiping him, and uh, yes, revealing this truth that applies to all of us, but also praising and worshiping God. He says, when I awake, the Bible uses that idea of sleep as a, uh, a metaphor for death. We see that throughout the Bible. I think the idea here is when I awake in heaven, uh, Lord, when I wake, when, when I've died and I wake up and I'm with you, I am still with thee. God, you're everywhere. You're in control. You're present. Uh, you are everywhere. Now we're almost done. We're almost done here, but I, I don't want to skip over this last part. God had David to give us a few more verses here, so let, let's not skip it. Um, David's life began at conception, and God was present and working and continues. Um, his, his presence and, and power continues uh, throughout our life all the way to our death. Then we're home with the Lord. Of course, then we're, we're present with him in a special way, but... Uh, David obviously wasn't yet home with the Lord. So uh, he closes here, he closes here uh, reflecting on the fact that he trusted God this side of heaven, the side of heaven that all of us are in. He trusted God to deal with the wicked. Uh, and then we'll see him asking God to search his own heart that he not be one of the wicked. Now, tonight, there's, there's no doubt... Um, people in our lives or people around us who they discourage us by their wickedness. No doubt that's true. You get angry about that, you could be bad right back at them, or you just give it to God and, and trust God in his omniscience, his omnipresence, his omnipotence to deal with the wicked. David did that. See verse 19. He says, surely thou will slay the wicked. God, you'll deal with the wicked, uh, you will do that, O oh God. He says, depart from me, therefore, ye bloody men. Uh, be gone, uh, God will deal with you. He says to the Lord, for they speak against thee wickedly. God, you know that. Thine enemies take thy name in vain. Lord, help us not to be people who take your name in vain. He says, do I not hate them? And I think the idea here is he hates their sin. Uh, David had a hatred for sin. God has a hatred for sin and a wrath against sin. And uh, I've taught many times, uh, certainly don't hate a sinner, but hate their sin. Uh, hate your own sin. Let's just worry about our own sin for a moment. Hate your own sin. You want to hate something, hate your own sin. Say, God, show me sin in my heart, in my life, in my mouth, in my mind. Uh, teach me to hate that. God, teach me to 
uh, repent of it, to confess it, to repent of it in your strength, to leave it behind. David had that kind of an attitude, that kind of a heart toward sin. He trusted God to deal with wicked people. And then again, in closing now, there's just two verses left here. Uh, we see in verses 23 and 24, David had a, a heart to not be among the wicked. He had a heart to be living a righteous life no matter what. He says in verse 23, he, he asks God, he petitions God, he prays, search me, O God, and know my heart. David understands God is omniscient. He knows all things. He understands that God is there with him as he's praying. Uh, God is omnipresent. He understands that God alone has the power to search someone's heart uh, and to know it. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Based on what he's written, we know God can and, and will do that. Verse 24, he says, and see if there be any wicked, any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Based on everything that David knew about God, he brought it down to this application. Yes, I'm sure he was encouraged as we have been encouraged by these attributes of God tonight. But the most important application that God directed David into was, God, you alone are powerful to search me and know me. God, you alone have the strength and power to reveal sin that might be hidden away in some crevice, uh, packed away deep in my heart, deep in my thoughts somewhere. I might not be quite conscious of those things. God, you have the power to search my heart and to show me what I need to get right with you. So he says, search me, know my heart, know my thoughts. He's inviting God to do that. He says, and see if there be any wicked way in me. What's the implication? God, show me as you search me, as you alone are able to do that. Show me, convict me, and then lead me in the way everlasting. What an important, what a wonderfully important final two verses here tonight. I hope tonight that we would all uh, take the final two verses to heart and perhaps pray those verses as we close tonight. God, show me if there's something in my life that is offensive to you. Show me if there's some sin that maybe I just haven't been mindful of. Uh, God, convict me, search me, search through every little part of my being, uh, try my heart, examine my mind, and show me if there's something that I need to confess to you tonight. Well, listen, if we'll do that as individuals, that might just be the beginning of a personal revival. That might just be the beginning of a growth spurt in your walk with Christ. That might just be a wonderful opportunity to please God, and there's actually no might about that. Uh, if numbers of people in a given church would, would do that, invite God to search their hearts and, and to lead them out of sin and into righteousness, if a number of people in our church would do that, that would be a revival. That, that, 
no doubt would be the beginning of a revival in our church. People getting serious about sin, uh, so serious that they're asking God to show them things that they're not even yet aware of. Lord, give us that kind of a heart to have a life that is righteous and holy and pleasing to you. In Psalm 26 and verse 2, the psalmist says, Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. In Proverbs 17 and verse 3, the Bible says, The finding pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord trieth the hearts. Let's stop and pray tonight and ask God to examine our hearts. Father, I thank you, Lord, tonight for who you are. I thank you that you're a God who knows all things. You're a God who's present everywhere, and you're a God who's able to do whatever it is that you choose. You are truly uh, all-knowing, everywhere present, and all-powerful. And Lord, I, I, I pray tonight that we would apply these knowledge of these attributes uh, to our walk with you and that we would allow it to kind of hone us down and focus as it did David, as you did for David. I, I pray tonight, Lord, that each of us would have a heart Lord, to invite you to search us, to know our hearts, to know our thoughts, to show us sinfulness, wickedness. Father, there may be things tonight that we're already aware of. Give us a heart to confess those things. Give us your strength to put them off and to put on obedience in its place. But Lord, as we pray even now, uh, Father, show us things that we might not even yet be aware of. I pray, Lord, that as you may reveal things, as you may convict, as you reveal and, and search out and, and bring to mind things, Lord, that you would also give us your grace, your strength, your power. You're an all-powerful God. Certainly, you can give us strength and grace to confess whatever it is you reveal, whatever it is you convict us of. Lord, I ask you to do that tonight. Father, I pray you give us a heart to continue that process regularly, uh, praying regularly. Lord, search my heart. Show me. Lord, is there something that I need to get right with you? Uh, Lord, give us hearts to uh, pray this prayer and to put off sin regularly. Lord, I thank you tonight that when we do, we're right with you. Lord, when a believer prays, uh, Lord, show me sin and help me to confess it, we're, we're right with you. Father, I thank you tonight that when an unbeliever, someone who has never come to Christ, uh, comes acknowledging sin and uh, comes placing one's faith in Christ alone for forgiveness of sin, Lord, we're right with you. We're made right. Your righteousness is paid on to our account. Lord, as believers, give us hearts tonight to stay right with you. Father, I thank you for this passage. It's wonderfully encouraging and, yes, convicting. Thank you for the encouragement to be right with you tonight as your people. And I pray, Lord, tonight that we take these things to heart and that we would regularly make it our business to pray verses 23 and 24. And, Lord, that we would do that for the honor and glory of Christ our Savior. Father, I love you. I thank you. I pray all of this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for being with us tonight. Zachary's going to come and lead us in a closing song. Uh, if you have a hymnal at home, it's number 435, When the Roll is Called Up Yonder. 
Uh, Zach will lead us in that. Again, I encourage you to sing at home if you possibly can. Zach will close us with a prayer and we'll be dismissed. Uh, God bless you. Thank you for being with us tonight. All right, we'll turn to number 435. When the roll is called up yonder, we'll sing the first and the last of number 435. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more and the morning breaks eternal bright and fair when the saved on earth shall gather over on the other shore and the roll is called up yonder I'll be there when the roll is called up yonder when the roll yonder when the roll is called up yonder when the roll is called up yonder I'll be there and the third let us labor for the master from the dawn till setting sun let us talk of all this wondrous loving care then when all of life is over and our work on earth is done and the roll is called up yonder I'll be there when the roll is called up yonder 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 i'll be there let's pray to heavenly father again we thank you for an encouraging message lord i pray that we would take it to heart in jesus name i pray amen <laughs>